Homily for the 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time, St. Mary's Church, Grand Forks, October 28th, 2018. Every year, we as priests are called to make a retreat, and some years ago on one of these retreats, I remember that I was complaining to the retreat director about certain problems or things I was anxious about, what have you. The director said to me, I know what the trouble is. You're not receiving because you're not asking. We need to get you to start asking. Well, I nearly laughed out loud. I thought, what are you talking about? But the director was right. The observation sounded too simple to me to be correct, but it was. I had gotten away from the most basic recourse in the spiritual life, asking God for what I think I need through prayers of petition. Prayer, in a general sense, is the lifting up of our hearts and minds to God. Prayer is the staple food, one might say, in the diet of a Christian life. It's hard to make the case that one is a disciple of Jesus without any devotion to prayer. One of the most obvious expressions of prayer is petition. We study our lives and the world around us, and we ask for what we and our loved ones need, branching out to our community, our society, and even the whole world. It sounds so natural that we think it doesn't need to be mentioned, but it does. And what we heard in today's Gospel reading is a bold illustration of a prayer of petition, accompanied by the assurance that God wants us to have good things even more than we do. When his apostles asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, the answer to their question was the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is from start to finish a series of petitions, but I would contend that the first petitions are put in the front for a reason. For example, we ask God to give us our daily bread, but not until we are halfway through. We first ask, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Christ has us begin the prayer not by asking for our personal benefit or the satisfying of immediate needs, but by asking for a deeper understanding of God's will. When we say, Thy will be done, this is an act of purification which puts us in a proper state to make our requests. The Lord's Prayer trains us to discern what we need, instead of what we'd like to see happen right now, whether good things for ourselves or bad things to another. But for heaven's sake, we should ask for what we need. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. What do we learn about the son of Timaeus in this gospel, besides that at this point in his life he is blind and has no choice but to beg for assistance? First, we learn of his piety. He calls out, Son of David, have pity on me. He does not have an attitude of entitlement. Rather, he appreciates the gift of God as just that. Also, we learn of his boldness. When the din of noise and foot traffic comes near, we can almost picture his excitement. Hey, now is my chance. It may surprise us to learn that some of the Lord's disciples did not want to acknowledge Bartimaeus and wished he had kept quiet. A charitable explanation would be that the disciples felt pressured by the pace Jesus was setting in his journey to Jerusalem, and that Jesus made it seem like time was of the essence. 
How often are we missing an important opportunity to be Christ for another? Since because our narrow focus doesn't allow us to notice the need, like for example, we're in a rush. Ignoring an unexpected need because it is unexpected is not an excuse. Consider how often Jesus performed miracles in the context of an interruption of his original schedule. The worst case scenario is that these disciples may also have harbored a dismissive attitude toward the blind man. Far too many of our brothers and sisters with disabilities experience the same kind of stigma or prejudice against them, even in 2018. Bartimaeus was not a lesser man than they were, but a man with an impairment that they themselves did not have. The Holy Spirit helps us to take a hard look at the kinds of unjust discrimination to which we may be consenting, even if we do not understand how hurtful those opinions can be. When Jesus prevailed and invited Bartimaeus over, he plainly said, Master, I want to see. He asked for what he needed without diminishing the Lord's ability to come through. The manner in which he made his request was simple and straightforward, without pretext or putting on errors. An excellent model of what a Christian's disposition in prayer ought to be. Lastly, we learn of his confidence with one important detail St. Mark gives us. The cloak Bartimaeus carried with him had two primary uses. The obvious one was to keep warm, but also during the day he used it as a basket to collect and secure alms that people gave to him. When Jesus called him forward, what did he do with his cloak? He threw it aside. Why does that fact matter? If he were to keep clinging to that garment, it would be like hedging his bets and not being convinced that Jesus would or could help him. This is the action of someone who knows he'll be able to find his cloak again because his sight will be restored, or that in his new life of discipleship, the community of faith would provide for his needs. What keeps us from asking for what we need? Do we have the faith that God cares more for our welfare than we do? Time after time, the Lord reminds us of this. In another place in the Gospels we read, Are not two sparrows sold for a small coin? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your heavenly Father's notice. Even all the hairs on your head are counted. Do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Does that sound like God is an absentee landlord or annoyed by our requests? We cannot guarantee what exactly we will receive or whether it's what we want most at that moment, but what we must never do is question God's eagerness to give. Amen.